right? Like, it, like I said, I've been homeless before. I've gone days and days without food before. So for me, food security, that's primal, right? Like it, it concerns sure. me a lot. But I, like I'll bleed and I'll sweat and I won't even complain. But if, if I have to worry about where I'm going to get my next meal, it stresses me out quite a bit. So having food security is really important. So having a property where like we planned it out so so much is like if things got really, really, really bad, and they could, we're really actually worried about that a lot. Sure. Like food chain disruptions and other problems. And we decided if we had to just hunker down on this property and survive on only what what we can only do here, what could we live with? This is the Farm Hop Life Podcast, a traveling homestead family. I'm Matt DeRosier. On the Farm Hop Life Podcast, we learn what it takes to grow your own food from everyday people. Could be a college student grows tomatoes and salad greens on their apartment patio, a former VP of marketing for Del Taco now raising cattle in Montana, or someone who hasn't had a homestead in over 10 years. This show is aimed at teaching you what it takes to make homesteading work for you, that we all make mistakes, we all have bad days, but we can reach out and help one another thrive and giving you the confidence needed to go feed yourself. Is that, oh, for some reason I thought it was like a parakeet, but that's a chicken. Yeah, it's a chicken. <laughs> I was like, they well, can. you are in Costa Rica, so I'm like, well, it wouldn't be that weird. to. Well, I a- guess that's true. No, it's a rooster. He's a little rooster. That's funny. Uh, here they have these. I mean, these are he, he's almost full size now. They're called they called hardineros, so they're garden chickens. They're mostly for bug control. Oh, nice. So you wouldn't really eat. You wouldn't really eat them. Their their eggs are super small, like a little bit bigger than a quail egg. I was gonna say like they're like quail sized. Looks like. But the men look So like yeah, so he's uh, just. Kind of a pet. They're they're for bug control. Like, what kind of bugs would you need to keep under control there? Well, like uh, they're they're yard chickens, right? So yeah, like uh, mostly they'll take. I mean, he'll eat anything. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I had a Brazilian wandering spider actually almost landed on me. Uh, they're deadly, I so was that say, was that scary. Sounds bad. But as as soon as he saw it, he left right on that and ate that sucker up in three bites. It was crazy. Wow. So on scorpions, they, they eat scorpions too. Really? So, so I'm just going to adjust the the screen so I'm not looking up all as I'm in my studio. So our setup's a little bit not really meant for this, but let's see. Okay. There, I think it might be able to almost make eye contact with the camera now. <laughs> <laughs> so nice to meet you. Yeah, it's good to meet you too. I, uh, <laughs> I've been following you for a while. We've been like, um, yes, well, I wouldn't say, but trying to get make this happen for a while, but um, been wanting to make Life this happen. Up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it absolutely. Yeah, it happens here too. Actually, it's way past my bedtime, so I'm getting my bags, and who knows what I might say. <laughs> I can't. I can't make any promises. I'm usually in bed by like seven, seven thirty. Well, I really appreciate you uh, taking the time to do this and then also pushing it back an hour on top of when we were like already supposed to do this. So uh, much appreciated. So thank you. There's no problem. My husband was saying to me just this morning that I should start trying to stay up later so that we, I can get back on a better sleeping schedule because I wake up at like three 
now. Hmm. I'll spend like two hours just sitting in the dark having coffee. So it would be better if I could stay up later. It's a good time to read a book, right? Just wait for the sun to come Um, up. Oh, no. So where where in Canada did did you guys start? Uh, We were in southern Ontario. So about one hour northwest of Toronto. Okay. Okay. Where are you at? Um, I live in I live in Western Montana. Okay. Have you ever been to Canada? A couple times, just not over that way. Been to Banff oh, okay. so, and Vancouver. Okay, that's like another planet. Sorry, <laughs> Ontario. Is. Yeah, well, I mean, the the west of Canada is quite a bit different from the rest of Canada. I've never been there, but I I've been told my husband's been there before. So. And I, I have friends from there. It really is like another planet compared to the eastern part of Canada. It's so big. It yeah, is it's, huge. It's kind yeah. of like, if I could compare it, it would be like comparing people from, say, New York with people from Texas. Sure. You understand, right? Like like that. So. Yeah. Yeah, we were we lived a little bit. We were in the country there. That country there is a little bit different than country here. So it wasn't a big stretch for us, but I mean, we never farmed till we moved here. So that's been a learning experience. I was going to say, so you kind of just did everything all at once. I mean, so yes. when you were, when you were in Canada, mm-hmm. so the, your, your screen name, right? Your, your handle, <laughs> a handy ginger gal, you mm-hmm. did like home repair stuff in Canada. I'm assuming that's where it start. That part started, right? Oh yeah, yeah. I love um, done a ton of construction work. Actually, we had in twenty sixteen we had a house fire. Like I was doing stuff before that. I really like building things, like a lot. I've always been really handy. I've always worked on my own cars, right? Like doing my own car repair. But anything that needs doing, I'm kind of like, well, I'd rather do it myself than pay somebody else. Yeah, most of the time. Most of the time. Um, but in 2016, we had a big house fire, and uh, for the rebuild of that, we hired a contractor, but he ended up being a complete crook. So I, uh, partway through the rebuild, uh, we fired him, and I had to, we couldn't afford to hire a new contractor, so I had to take over and finish the job by myself. So uh, that was at the framing stage, so we got oh I hired gosh. contractors for the drywall. Because I could do drywall, but I don't know that I could do a whole house. And I really hate drywall. Same. <laughs> like, really hate it. So we hired drywallers, but after that, it was all me. The whole thing, like, put Holy installing gross. kitchen, all the tile, right? All the trim, all the trim work. Like, you you really, I don't know what kind of house you live in, right? Ours is a 140-year-old Victorian house. Wow. So you, you get a real idea of exactly how much trim work there is until you have to do it. And you realize, like, it took two years, probably, to get it all done. Yeah, I believe that. Like, so fully. Like, so, like, in those those kind of homes, like, there's trim, like, up on the ceiling. Like, it's every, everywhere. like, every, like, walk through doorways. It's just everywhere. Yeah. Whereas, like. Oh, and I mean. I got lucky because our fire didn't destroy everything. It was mostly smoke damage for a lot of stuff. So when they were doing the tear out, I told the contractor because like the house still had all the original solid wood trim, mm. right? 140 year old solid wood trim. So it had baseboards that were like 
They're 18 inches high. Holy smokes. Right? Like, you can't even buy those anymore. Mm -mm. So I said to him, well, don't throw that away. Throw it all in the basement. And and I was pulling up, like, smoke damaged, like, soot-covered trim. And I was scraping off, like, 140 years worth of old paint and totally just refurbishing these these baseboards and all the window trim to, to put it back up. Wow. So, I mean, there's a hell of a job. So is that 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 wasn't the start though of your handiwork? No. You you were in it no, before I'm... that even. Yeah, no, my I've always been like that. My grandfather is a lot like that, right? Like he always made all his own things. He built his own house way back in like the fifties. When you could order from Sears or something. Even. <laughs> What's that? When you could order it from Sears or something. <laughs> My grandmother, my grandfather never ordered a damn thing from Sears that was a kit. That's my, he doesn't do a kit. He could, I remember actually when I was a kid, my grandparents used to go to Florida every year and they'd go, they'd take a trailer down for the winter. And in the spring, they'd come back up and my grandfather built the trailer, like built it from scratch. And every spring when they'd come up, he'd tear it apart and build a new one for the next winter. What? Yeah. What a mad. And, and I mean, you a bit, right? Oh yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> it's amazing. He's a freaking hero. But uh, so I, I come by honestly, generally. So my my aunt's a lot like that too. She builds everything. So it's in your blood. Yeah, it is. Yeah, uh, it's only been recently that I've actually had the ability and the time to do it as much as I like. Like now that we live here and I'm technically retired then i have the theoretically have the time to do as much as i want i mean setting up a farm is taking a lot more time than i thought was gonna but so, so. let's let, let's get into that a little bit so like you guys left canada for uh mm -hmm. for what seems like obvious reasons um mm -hmm. i'm assuming it, it was obvious reasons why you left canada in the middle of in the middle mm -hmm. of covid we left so the canadian government uh, was going to close all public transportation and border crossings for unvaccinated Canadians as of like November, I think it was November 24th or 25th of 2021. And we left four days before that happened. Wow. So, to get to Costa Rica. Get trapped. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, we knew we wanted to move. We knew we wanted to leave. We were planning to do it for, say, February the next year. Mm. Um, and when they announced that they're going to be closing the borders, we said, well, I guess we better. We left before our house was even sold. Wow. Like, we had to leave or we wouldn't be able to get on an airplane. So, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. So, how did. So, that's why we left. How did you pick Costa Rica, though? Um. So, the. We'd been planning uh, retiring away, like out of country, for a couple of years. But our first choice was actually Italy. Uh, we spent probably a year researching Italy and starting to make plans, and that was like the five-year plan, um, like a proper, legitimate retirement. And um, as we were doing research, we started realizing there was a, there was it was a lot more complicated than we wanted it to be. Their immigration rules were uh, pretty restrictive. 
some of the other rules too, like their rules for driver's licenses. I love to drive. And they had some really harsh restrictions for foreign drivers nice. and for getting an Italian driver's license. Stuff like that started adding up over time. And it was like, well, uh, there was also, you know, a lot of, they're having a lot of problems with immigrants there now. I don't right. mean like, we have a problem with immigrants, but the kinds of immigrants that, that they have kind of just showing up. Yeah. There uh, are certain, cause a lot of problems. And uh, we had problems like that in Canada already. And I didn't want to haul everything up and move over somewhere where I was going to start running into the same kinds of problems, right? Right. So uh, some of that started making, making us think, well, maybe we should look and see if there's somewhere else, right, that might be more suitable. We wanted somewhere where land was pretty cheap, where we could grow food relatively year-round. But um, like so the northern part of Italy, where we were looking, gets snow in the winter, but it's still pretty temperate. My husband insists that it can't be really hot, right? Like a tropical place is never on the list because he, he's like, he's gigantic. And his body creates heat like a furnace, just breathing. So for him, he... He needs somewhere where it's reasonably temperate, so mountains are important. But I think we just randomly came across one day an article online about Costa Rica having mountains and like that there was some cooler parts of that country. And I was like, really? We were hmm. a little surprised. And uh, he started doing more research. He's like, oh my God, I this one actually worked for us. I was like, are you kidding? You want to go to Central America? We're like, I didn't have a problem enough for me. That's fine. I love the heat. But I couldn't believe he was suggesting it. But yeah, the more and more research we did, the more and more it felt like it was legitimately our place. Nice. Right? Like it was kind of custom made for us. And if there's people that say, oh, why don't you go to Ecuador or Panama? Panama's cheaper, right? Sure. That has a lot of problems that we didn't want to deal with sure. uh, as well. Right, like the locals there are a little more hostile to expats, oh, so, oh. for a lot of good reasons. Right, like they have a really uh, tumultuous relationship with Americans. Hmm. Right, so gringos they're not always really appreciated there the same. But also, we really, really wanted the mountains, and Panama's mostly flat oh, and mostly hot. Sense. Right, so. Um, we really, really love to hike, and I love waterfalls. We come from a, an area in Canada that has, like, hundreds of waterfalls. They're really? everywhere. Yeah, surprisingly. Uh, we, we were close to where the Niagara Escarpment is. Okay, that makes sense. And yep. uh, we lived in the watershed, so there were little waterfalls and a couple of really large ones um, heading down towards Niagara Falls. So um, a place where we could still do that a lot was had a lot of appeal so that the adventure part of costa rica was also a big draw in addition to the being able to farm year-round so so just to give people like some context so how, mm -hmm. how big is the property that you bought and like how much was it for if you if you could share yeah it's 2.85 acres which is roughly one hectare uh we paid eighty thousand dollars us for it it's got a two-bedroom cabin, excuse me, a really large rancho. And uh, there was another 
section of old house that I've since torn down and built a bedroom above it. So, uh, and I had a large chicken coop. So it was already well towards our goal of what we wanted. Okay, so it actually and that, had can't beat that structure price. on it already. Oh yeah. Wow. Yeah, I'm sitting in the house, right? Like it's a it's a two story cabin. My daughter lives. So our, our studio and our laundry room is in the bottom part because it's small here. And the upstairs is like a self-contained apartment. My daughter, she's 22. She lives up there. She has her own bedroom and bathroom and kitchen up there. Um, so we mostly live outside. The rancho has our kitchen, living room, dining room. So it's all open to the outside, which is what we wanted. And then I built a bedroom attached to that. Well, I'm still building it. I've been delayed in my building project with other things. Sure. But I mean, we sleep in it right now because the curtains are going to keep the bugs out. It's a real jungle experience, kind of. Yeah, because so, so. The, you're you're welding like some some framing, right? So and then you were yeah. welding stairs or something also. Yeah, that's for our bedroom. And that's so because like, there was a the whole house. There's yeah. It's a fabulous view up there, actually. I'm really excited to get the bedroom finished. Nice. Oh, one day. Did did somebody get hurt recently, like within like the last month no. or so? Yeah, my husband. Oh, no. What okay. happened there? So everybody gives me crap for my stairs. So I have a video on my channel where I, I show welding the stairs together. I built them. But because of the the design that we had for the room and the footprint, that had to fit on the stairs are actually quite steep they're okay. like ship stairs right okay so the goal is when they're done to have a railing on both sides and and literally like you know what i mean when i say ship stairs yeah like that right it was more really like a the ladder than stairs, but yeah yeah i mean it's a little bit less than a ladder but it is it's they're treacherous right like sure. you gotta be careful when you're using them so everybody keeps saying, well, I told you, you couldn't build your stairs like that. That's not why you fell. <laughs> so I'll, I'll save myself the humiliation. Um, what I was doing was I had, I had a big, like, three-quarter inch piece of concrete board, like a big slab of it that was the hole where the stairs is. You know, like, you're on the second story and there's a hole where the yeah. stairs are. I had a piece of concrete board kind of sitting on top of that hole at the back of it to put the welder on and my tools on while I'm working, right? Just like a shelf. And uh, I had the tools off of it because the cat likes to sleep on there and I've been busy doing other things. And uh, I was up on the roof working on a water heater and I asked my husband to hand me a tool and he stepped on that board. Oh, no. I know I told him never step on that. It's not thick enough for your weight right there's no support under it right yeah it's not meant to hold a person and he so i was sitting on the roof and i could see him from like the waist up um he had to be the tool and then all of a sudden i saw him just go straight down like he just vanished i was like oh sh oh sorry that's fine i swear um now he's like oh my god because it's high it's got to be 12 or 13 feet for sure Sure. And he landed on the metal stair, right? Like, so he fell straight down and he bounced off these metal stairs and down and then fell onto the ground. Oh my God. 
So he cracked his head open at the back really bad. Uh, his whole face was covered in blood. He's laying on the ground. I swear to God, the blood was going to be dead. Like, it was a bad fall, really bad. Uh, and I'm sitting there going, I don't even know how I'd get an ambulance up here, right? Like, yeah. It would be hard. It would be hard to get an ambulance, and he's too big for me to carry. So I couldn't get him in the car, right? Like, if, luckily, I mean, all his arms and legs moved. He was uh, good very sore. Yeah. He, uh, he refused to go to the hospital. So he didn't go to the hospital. Really? Um, yeah. He's really stubborn that way. Yeah. And I mean, to be fair, in the same way, I probably wouldn't have gone to the hospital either. Hmm. I would have just said, just leave that. I glue my head back up, give me some scotch, and I'll be fine oh, tomorrow. Gosh. Right? Like, that's the way I would deal with it. <laughs> so, given just... the state of hospitals lately, I guess, uh, I guess I can't blame you. It seems like yeah. my, my wife's had like a respiratory infection or something like that for like the last All like, month or so. Just like mm-hmm. she had it checked out. They ran a couple scans. They're like, I don't know, take some steroids or something and like send her home. And like, it's 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 been like this for years now. We're like I I always thought doctors always liked the like challenging cases or whatever, right? Oh no! They wanted to like figure it out. Like, hey, I've got the patient. I don't know what's wrong. It's not this, not this, not this, not this. Let's no. Let's try like let's just find out. But yeah, they just like they just write you off and just like next. They they do not care. Do not care at anymore. I don't know what happened. It's never like Doctor House. Never. Nope. Let's nope. never leave us. <laughs> That's right. No, but I mean, in fairness, he's not, he's um, not the type that even the best the hospital he would be inclined to go and unless he really, really needed it. We need to suck it up type. So uh, he was bedridden almost exclusively other than bathroom trips for about three weeks just because his back hurt so bad. Wow. He couldn't walk very well. Yeah. What did he like hit his kept... back on the way down then? Yeah, on the Gosh, stairs. Yeah. His back and his head, right? Like you just you gotta understand these stairs they're like they're sharp edged sure. metal, right? Like they're L bracket. That's the edge of the stairs. So it's not even rounded. Sure. Yeah. So You're gonna put yeah, carpet on now, him, though, actually. Right? You're gonna you're gonna cover it in carpet. Carpet. I don't even know if they sell carpet in this country. That would be weird. <laughs> I get mold on my Tupperware containers just from the air. Oh, God. I couldn't even imagine trying to use carpet here. No, I'm super glad yeah, that it's I live pretty... in a dry climate. It sounds terrible. Uh, no, it's good. I, I actually really enjoy the humidity. God, I never get chopped lips anymore. I don't know. I'm and in a humid hot. climate if now. If it was hot, it would be bad. <laughs> I'm in a humid climate now. My lips are chapped, so... Oh, man. Oh, so yeah, he's doing a lot better though. Good. He's all maybe 70% now. Uh, he can go do some more of the farm work again. I like for a month, I was doing all of it by myself, which is it's hard because, um, cutting the grass here is not you know, just use a lawnmower. Like, I have a, an eight foot long arm double double handlebar trimmer. I saw that. It weighs that. like 30 pounds. Yeah. Yeah. 
that thing is a monster and uh it's dangerous so yeah i had to learn how to use that that was new um but i got it It, it's hard though you can only do two or three tanks of gas on that and then that's that's it for the day because most of our property not most of it but like two-thirds of it is like a 30 degree slope it's pretty steep right so you yeah so you're keeping trying to keep footing on that kind of slope while you're also trying to manage this long-arm trimmer and cutting weeds that are like three feet high right or grass yeah the jungle it takes over really fast (laughs) i bet it does yeah especially it's rainy season now so it (laughs) takes over really fast so you're you get down to costa rica you find Mm -hmm. the place you got you got this property and you buy it and you didn't that's that's when you started your homesteading stuff like so like you got yeah. your choice and stuff so what was what was the first homesteading Wait. thing you guys did there we got chickens got chickens i mean we had the yeah we had the chicken excuse me that was had the chicken coop already okay that's good and i wanted chickens so um so i got chickens actually we had friends that we made here relatively new friends and they gave me five chickens to start and that's where i started with my chickens uh i knew i wanted ducks and turkeys so i started scouting around for where i could get those they're harder to come by here turkeys are really delicate uh and they, they're not well suited to this country so not everybody has them because mm. they're a lot of work um, what they get like get too hot or what's the what's the hang no Everybody here has chickens. Like everybody, every property here has had chickens on it. And I, I discovered this with my last Tom, who, my poor dearly departed Tom, who died from a parasite. And that's when I learned why you don't keep turkeys on the same land that you've had chickens on, because they get this terrible blackhead parasite that's like 90% mortality rate. Wow. So. I mean, that's one of the things, right? Like everybody's had chickens for so long. It's just, you know, they're going to die. Especially when your turkeys are probably going to die. <laughs> so they're fine in the climate. They don't seem to have any trouble with that. They'll leave. And predators, right? Like turkeys are really dumb. And they don't see well <laughs> in the heard. dark. So I've already had one of those eaten by a predator. So, yeah, it's a challenge. But you still chickens like are- keeping them. You still, you still like your turkeys. I love my turkeys, and I can't wait till they're. I have one mature enough; I can actually eat them. That's <laughs> what I'm looking forward to. <laughs> I love the turkeys, right? Like they're a lot of fun. I, I love watching them, and and I hang out with them all the time. So they're fun to have as well. But yeah, I, I love turkey, so I'm looking forward to when we're ready to start harvesting one. What did That'd you, good. what do you think got your one turkey? What do you think it was? Oh, um, it's probably some kind of jungle cat. We did some research. We never saw it, but I heard it, right? I had a very kind of distinct, like a puma or a cougar sound, right? Like, you know, that, that, oh, they do really? when they're attacking. Okay. Yep. I heard it. And um, we'd already heard, we'd already lost three chickens before. But like these kinds of chickens, so they roost up in the tree high and they were in a really small tree, but I heard like 
Sheldon's mom and dad both succumbed to this animal, mm. uh, like one one day and one the next day. And I heard the attacks, so it was fast, right? Like one squawk and the bird was gone, right? But it was nighttime, so you couldn't see anything. Sure. So we did some research, and there's only like one jungle cat that's small enough to made it up into that tree um, that is arboreal and um, nocturnal. So, and it was, that, I can't remember what it was, a margay? Looks a little like a Bengal cat, actually, but, but a little larger. Huh. So smaller than a jaguar. Okay. Because we're not, we're close, too close to town for, I'd be surprised to see a jaguar here. Like, there's a big park nearby, but not near enough to, to find a jaguar where we live. But, uh, like, bigger than a bobcat, but smaller than a jaguar. Okay. Something like that. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, it took, the turkey it took was pretty mature. It was, uh, it was pretty large. And it took everything but his wings. So it tore the whole body right off the wings. So it was big enough to do that. Jeez. It's not a house cat. No. Yeah. No. So. What are other are protections down there for predators? So, like, there's no way you could, like, shoot it with, like, a 22 or anything? Uh, we're not legally allowed to own guns here because we're not citizens. If we were, if we had citizenship, we could get a gun. That would be fine. But because we're still on tourist visas, we can't own a gun. Is it like the world's um, longest really tourist good... visa? Like, how does that work? <laughs> no, we have to leave the country every... Well, we used to have to leave every three months to renew our visa. Oh. Now they've just changed it. So every six months, we have to leave the country. So I mean, we live one hour from the Panama border. So we'll drive into Panama for two days and hmm. then come back. And renew our visa for now that works for us because the citizen the residency program is complicated and once you oh excuse me i'm losing my voice once you're approved for it you have to start paying into the health system and the pension system oh which is costly that's expensive um for uh for expats and right now we're still so healthy that i'd rather just pay for my private for healthcare when we need it because sure. it's rare and it's not very expensive here like health to go to the doctor is not expensive here so for us it's not really worth it to start paying into the system we'll never get the pension right, right. but we'd have to start paying into it right away so there's i'd rather take my once every six months two or three day vacation to panama then renew my visa yeah. and then have the freedom right that i mean so far we haven't had any problems doing that so lots of people here do that. It's really common. Interesting. And then Ed. But as far as Fair predator enough. control, I mean, they have really good air rifles here. I could get one of those. But, I mean, there's not a lot. There's the jungle cat, but we have a big dog now. Like, when that cat took my birds, it was right after our last dog died. And we hadn't got a new dog yet. So... Uh, now we have, I think she's a Ridgeback, and she's a very good guard dog. So we haven't had a problem since we got her. Uh, the only other predator I'd have to worry about for the birds is like boa constrictors. Sure. And they're common, but I haven't seen one yet. Uh, we had friends that uh, boa constrictor got in their turkey shed and ate one of their birds, but uh, 
like a year or two ago, 12 foot or two. It was a big one. I was one. just going to ask how, uh, how big do you think? Yeah. It yeah. There's going to be video because you have to, when they get that big, you got to call the fire department to come and get it because they're really dangerous, right? Like they're, when they say, get that they big, heavy, but they're heavy. I would guess though. I mean, it was big. And so the fire department will come and they'll take it and they'll bring it into the national park and let it out. So, huh. Interesting. Okay. I mean, me, I would just throw that on the barbecue, but I was going to say, like Indiana Jones right. and Temple of Doom. Really? Why are you not doing like that? He's yep. pooped on me. Got pooped on. I was wondering if that was going to happen. That happens all the time. <laughs> the good thing is, his poops are like little rabbit turns, so they're like solid what? little. They're like solid little. No balls rolled off me. Here, I expected like a nice, like just like the wet one. Yeah, real wet. The ducks are terrible. I would never want the ducks to to poop on me because, yeah, they make Hmm. a damn mess. But no, he's (laughs) he's an elegant little fella. That's that's (laughs) really that's really interesting. So, so what are some of the um, what are some of the things that have worked well? So you have you have chickens. They're doing yeah. good. They're eating bugs and dangerous spiders. Got yeah. ducks. They're hard to get, yeah. but they seem to be doing well. You got turkeys. Oh yeah, we got Not tons of baby doing ducks. Awesome, but we're gonna keep at it. Yeah, I'm getting, my turkey population. I have eight right now, and I would like to get at least a dozen, maybe a couple more after that would be good, just so I can have it because they don't lay very well. Right, like a, a turkey, I think that's like sixty percent laying time, whereas the ducks are like nine percent. It's ridiculous, right? Like the ducks almost every day, all in year, they'll lay an egg. That's nuts. So I get a lot of duck eggs, but the turkeys, not so much, and they're not very good mothers, right? Like that, they, they really are very dumb. <laughs> it's a, and it's so it was no a miracle they're, one they're day. Not very prevalent down there. No, it was funny because we had, we started out with three, so two females and a Tom. And uh, almost like within two weeks, we lost one female. She just vanished, probably blew away or sweet mm. stop. Um, she just wandered away, maybe. Uh, but then we had Tom and Gladys. And Gladys would hang her up for a while. And then one day she just vanished too. I was like, oh, we guess now we only have a boy. So I'm going to have to find somewhere to get another female turkey. But, well, I was busy doing other things, so I didn't get around to it. And then, like, maybe three weeks, four weeks after that, I go out in the yard, and she showed up with four babies. Just Oh. I had no idea where she'd been nesting, not in the yard, right? Like, she just wandered in there from somewhere else. I had no idea where she'd been. She showed up with four babies. I was so excited because I had no idea she was even nesting. Right. You so, thought but, she was dead, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, got dead or gone, yeah. right? Like just they wander away. We lost a couple ducks already. And sometimes we have a river down the hill from the house, and sometimes I see my a couple of my ducks just kind of swimming around in the river. I'll never get them back because you can't catch them. But, sure. Yeah. But before I started clipping their wings, I lost a couple ducks that way. That seems kind of fun though, just let, seeing your ducks just playing in the river. I don't know. That sounds nice. Yeah, it would be nicer if I could take their eggs. Like they're my food. That is true. Yeah, I hate losing food. I really hate losing food. So, so 
so the you you had mentioned that like um the jungle like especially like during the wet season like things grow really well so are you are you taking advantage of that so like what what kind of things are you growing so uh i've started i started out with just a regular garden bed and a couple hugo culture beds um but I didn't shelter them, so I learned very quickly that uh, there's too much rain here for that. Like tomato plants, new cucumber plants, they just shriveled up because they just got too wet sure. all the time. So I, so I built a shelter over the hookah culture beds, and then I had a lot of success with the radishes and tomatoes and lettuce. Um, I dug up like a couple of outside garden beds just in the ground and then starting to build shelters over them too. So it's, it's clear to me that any like vegetables that I want, like regular peppers, onions, um, tomatoes, potatoes, and I got peanuts too. I'm going to have to, I have to put under shelter and just water them so I can control it. Cause it just gets too wet. Uh, the native stuff here though, I don't know. My God, it just randomly grows by itself. We have pineapple, coffee, uh, bananas, plantains, we have a papaya tree. I have a mango tree, but I haven't seen any mangoes on it. We're a little bit, our elevation's a little high, so it probably won't, but I'm still hopeful. I have avocados and uh, some other fruits that I can't remember the names of that are it's a lot, not actually. common. Yeah. Oh, it's amazing. At all the time I'm finding new plants on this property that I can eat. And I'm, we're really lucky because we have a whole bunch of native friends that uh, when they come over, I'll ask them to come around with me. The, Show me which ones can I eat, right? Like, can you yeah. cook it? So like yucca root, this cassava, I think people call it, um, is one of those things that I was totally unfamiliar with. When I see this tree and my friend just grabs it and he pulls it up. I said, see these roots? You can eat those. Let's go. Nice. I don't plant some of that. My husband loves those. So, yeah, it's fabulous. And, it, and we're adding more to, like, um, oh, so much citrus. I must have 20 citrus trees for sure. Grapefruit and orange and lime and lemon. And they have the most common citrus here in this country. They call it uh, limones. It's it's the size of like a, a little bit larger than a clementine. The outside skin is green. The inside is orange, but it tastes kind of like a bitter orange, like a like a cross between orange and lemon. It's really strange, but they're everywhere. Are you still there? Yep, I'm here. I, I, oh. I, don't, I don't know what happened. That was super weird. That's okay. I, I have... Sometimes really crappy internet. My daughter's upstairs gaming, so she might be stealing most of my pipe. I don't know. I don't know. I'm on crappy hotel Wi-Fi, so. Oh, you're in a hotel. Also, like my um, yeah, I'm I'm at I'm in Texas for work right now. Like, oh, okay. My whole, my whole browser just like shut down. It was oh. I never never experienced that before. Super weird. Anyways, um, yeah, you're telling me about your your citrus. Yes, I don't know how much of it you heard. Um, that uh, what was the last thing I heard is um, so they, they have this really weird plants, native one, and then yes, that one, the native one. Yeah, they call it a uh, limones. That's what they call it. 
it's ran, it's slightly larger than a clementine. The outside skin is green. The inside flesh is red, orange, like a like a mandarin. But the mm. flavor of it is kind of like a cross between lemon, bitter orange, grapefruit. It's it's a strange flavor. Is it, uh-huh. is it the bitter or citrus like strange flavor? Strange good not, or just strange strange? Um, depends what you want, right? Like I I, I juice them all the time, um, and I will I'll put like a some of it in with some club soda, and then put it in a glass with a salt rim, and it's kind of like a like a virgin margarita. That's pretty huh. good. I like that. It's yeah, refreshing. I make homemade lemonade with it too, so I'll make like a simple syrup mix. Um. I'm about to this week actually use some of our sugar cane to make the simple syrup so I don't even have to use white sugar. And then I'll add that to it. And it makes actually a really amazing lemonade. So. Nice. Did you, yeah, did you also juice. say coffee? You said coffee. Yeah, cane. we have coffee plants too. So Most of they're old, so they don't have a lot of bare beans on them. We want, we need to replant new ones because the ones okay. we have are really old. But um, I am learning how to take care of them coffee plants and we have a neighbor up the road that she's been showing me what to do for when we actually have fruiting coffee plants that's just not right now i got like five beans before so would you just plant new ones or are you planning on like you gonna try to graft some on the existing plant i know exactly nothing about grafting oh Oh, you could you probably could but i i don't know enough about grafting to do that effectively and like for a whole field, like what we have how is walking. Like how many do you have? Oh, the whole hill is covered in them. It's got to be a couple hundred for sure. Holy but Like it, it was a coffee farm on one it side. It was. Yeah. Okay. So when well, we bought it, cool. they were all stumps. Somebody just cut them all off, but the stumps were growing back. Right. So it, it had new shoots. Yeah. But they're old. So uh, this is good that. The ground and the plants are kind of spent. Uh, I last year I went around and I trimmed them. Like a friend of ours said, well, cut off everything but like one or two of the best shoots, right? That way the plant can throw more energy into rebuilding instead sure. of all these tiny little suckers everywhere. So I did that and we ended up actually getting beans this year, but like five. <laughs> we got like a handful five, of coffee. Five beans magic for- beans. And the plants are starting to come back, but the truth is, I'd prefer just to, you know, buy a couple hundred new ones, like little ones, and then just in between the old ones, just plant them. That'll be fine. Sure. Because it's less work. Have you gotten something like picked out, like <laughs> like a variety of coffee <laughs> yeah. that you think you'd like? I don't know enough about that. Just We're uh, we got really lucky because a friend of ours that lives in the area, she works at the the conservation authority here. And they have a program. We just actually finished taking advantage of it. They have a program. It's funny. Okay, so I'm going to tell you a little story about the history of the area where we are. Yeah. So in Costa Rica, the area where we are is called Cotobrus. That's the canton that we're in. It's in uh, Puntarenas province, but it's the very far south of the country, right up against the Panamanian border. And uh, 18 years ago, no, 60 years ago, this was all jungle. Nobody lived here, right? Like, there's nothing here. It was just jungle. Um, and the Costa Rican 
government decided they wanted to start building up this area. They wanted to settle people here. So they uh, announced an initiative where they were going to give free land to anybody who wanted to come and settle here, right? Like carve a space out of the jungle and start a farm or whatever. And a whole pile of Italians from Italy decided to move over and do that. So the town, the biggest town close to us is called San Vito. And there's, it's actually a lot of original Italians still there. So the, mm. there's one or two people we've met, they still only speak Italian. They don't even speak Spanish yet. They've been here from the beginning. Wow. It's so strange. Our, where we are is, is a very large outlier from the rest of the country. It's not like the rest of Costa Rica at all. It's very pioneerish and really rural. So where is it going with that? Oh, yeah. Are you still there? Yeah. Yep, I'm still here. Thank you, lots of there you are. You kind of broke up. So anyway, where I was going with that was the funny thing is the conservation authority started noticing that the their national park it's called the Amistad Park. They share it. It bridges with Panama. So it's a big, gigantic national park that's half in Costa Rica, half in Panama, um, and that's where a whole bunch of the, the native wildlife and but it no longer has a connection to the Osa Peninsula that has the Corcovado National Park that's on the coast, right? Right. So the problem is now you don't you don't really have a wildlife corridor anymore mm. for the native wildlife because they settled all in between. So they wanted to settle the area and then they overdid it because everybody's just started clearing it for pasture for cows and stuff, right? So now the conservation authority has a program where they're doing reforestation to build a green corridor from the Amistad Park to Corcovado for the wildlife. So anybody who has a farm that's in the catchment for the area that they want to reforest, they will come and plant trees, native trees on your farm for you for free. They'll just bring all the trees and plant them for you and then maintain them for till they take for a couple of years. So we just did that because we have a bunch of pasture that's just scrub right? Like all we have to do is cut it, but it's too slow to plant anything useful. So they just came and planted a whole bunch of trees for us. So anyway, where I was going with that was, um, the good thing is when you do something like that, you make friends with people who know things you want to know. So the conservation jet was very, very pleased. I gave him a whole bunch of seeds from some of the rare trees we have on our property they want to use for reforestation and in oh. exchange he's going to hook me up with the really good coffee plants when i'm ready nice <laughs> yeah that sounds awesome yeah it is good they're good to know people like that is first like the stuff we want to do where you want to know you know how to take care of the, the food trees on your property and, and what can you eat and where can you plant stuff that's gonna thrive and that's what you want is you want to know people that are native to here and understand how to do it right. So right. work very hard to make friends like that. So what's, what's something that hasn't worked well for you? The, um, you got a couple of livestock, you got 
sounds like mm-hmm. things going with like your trees are going pretty well, but what's something Even? that hasn't worked? Well, okay. Language. Okay. Learning Spanish has been very hard for me because I have a terrible memory. So uh, I've been very, <laughs> very slow. And That's it's important problem. to us. I really, really, really want to learn Spanish. Like we, we made, we definitely planned to learn the language when we moved here. I don't like the kind of people that move to a foreign country and refuse to integrate. So we were never going to be those people, but it is really hard. But as far as the farm goes, the biggest challenge really has been learning what the new challenges are. Because uh, I was actually just talking to a friend today about it. In Canada, our struggle always, not just like not just outside for the house in general, but any property, your challenge is almost always managing cold, right? Sure. You want to make sure your pipes don't freeze. If you have any animals, you got to make sure, like chickens, if we wanted chickens there, you have to make sure they stay warm in the winter, right? Yeah. Have a place to get food and stuff. So managing cold was always the really big challenge there. Here, managing water is the challenge. Now, it's a challenge I'm not familiar with because it's never been a problem for me. So making sure that the turkey house isn't in a spot where it can flood because turkeys will drown. Like, mm, they'll sit on their sure. babies in a puddle of water and they'll drown, right? Because they're not very smart. Sure. Stuff like that. Right, right. Making sure you get... Uh, we have really excellent drainage here, but sometimes the drainage thing, like the water carries things away with it. And like oh, I said, with my yeah. garden beds, right? The, planting stuff and then having it all die because it just gets too wet. So challenges like that, like learning that on fly, it's been a challenge. But Yeah, the the massive amounts of rain I'm assuming is trying to <laughs> trying to figure that out. Because yeah. like you get so much all the time that you wouldn't have to store it. You wouldn't like you wouldn't have to try to bury it in the ground. Or like, you know, try to get you know, the ground saturated with water. Well, we have water storage. Oh, we have a we have a water catchment bin. Um, that's backup, and I use it to fill my duck pond because our municipal water. I mean, it costs us money, so I'd rather use free water from sure. the sky to fill my pond. But so we have a like rain barrels that I like to use just because then I can control when I have the water, right? But, uh, I mean, the amount of water we get has been a problem with the septic. Like, we had septic in Canada before, too, but we never had enough rain where the ground got so saturated that the toilet wouldn't flush anymore. That was new. Are you going to be okay? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I I feel you're you're tired, though. I was up at 3 a.m., so I understand. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, stuff Um, like that. Like I, it was incredible to me when my toilet wouldn't flush. We called the step guy in because I was freaking out. I was like, I've never had this happen before. I had septic for years and never had it happen. And he, he digs it up and he's like, oh yeah, well, the, it's full. It's full. Like, how did, it's not a tank. It's literally a hole in the ground, right? It just goes mm. into the ground. He says, yeah, but the ground's really wet. So, oh my God, I didn't even realize that happens. Yeah, because you assume like it's a tank, like it. Yeah. Okay, so it's supposed to like, so all that waste 
supposed to go through the ground and yeah. eventually but when the ground's too wet it fills up the wrong way yes and uh, it comes out the top of the ground you can actually see it it's disgusting like, like a little thing I'm like what does that smell well it's, it's funny because my husband it was in march when this happened we were having a birthday party for him we had like 30 of our friends coming over for a party and that afternoon is when I'm like, I flush the toilet. I go, what does that smell? And I go out there and I could see it like a little fountain coming up out of the ground. I go, holy crap, I've never seen that before. It's like, yeah. I guess we're, at, so we're having this party. I was like, oh, now I can't use this toilet. So we have like a, we have an old toilet that kind of has like a, sort of a structure around it but we call it the prison toilet because that's what it looks like right so it's a concrete closet that with no door so for our party we had to use that toilet but the good thing was most of our friends are ticos so like they all grew up with stuff like that it's just no big deal oh, sure <laughs> that's good yeah I so gonna, simply, you I said mean, prison toilet i'm like is it made out of like stainless steel or something like that <laughs> i don't know no, just concrete they cinder ball it's like a cinder block hat ball it's got oh like a gosh. little bit of concrete floor at the top, but it's got no no roof and no door. So we just put a shower curtain across. <laughs> We're sneezing now, actually. Yeah. Well, I mean, the good thing was I've never been really precious about my like. I, mean, I could dress up and and I like nice things, right? But I've also been homeless, so for me, oh, it's like having to use the prison toilet i'm not going to get my nose at a joint for something like that right like i can be dirty and like it the only thing that freaked me out about the septic right like it, i'll put my rubber boots on out there and wait in there and dig it out and clean it up but when i got a party of 30 people coming over it gets a little stressful <laughs> i can imagine but yeah otherwise it's not that big a deal like it yeah i'm pretty good at figuring out how things how things work and I'm, I actually love asking people right like I have a bunch of friends that now for whatever like when I learned when we so I started building the structure here I had I've never welded before ever yeah I w wouldn't even have tried it uh, electricity really scares me actually I hate doing electrical work so sure. I would have never even tried it that's common all my work was in carpentry um, but when we moved here, I'm like, well, I asked the guy at the hardware store, what can I use to build? I need to build a bedroom. Uh, I said, but, uh, you know, you guys don't really use wood because there's nothing but termites and water here. Ooh. So it rots, right? Like this cabin is made out of wood, yeah. but you have to paint it like every couple of years with a mixture of uh, diesel fuel and motor oil. Like oh. you have to paint the outside of it to stop termites so right. i'm gonna have to do that this year actually but uh i didn't want to do that so i was like well what can i use they said well why don't you just use metal like it was not never i've never welded before and the guy at the hardware store goes you can learn how to weld so she hooked me up with all the equipment but the good thing is i have a bunch of friends actually from twitter that are old millwrights and and some old welders and like really long-term ones that are pros yeah. and so i started asking questions and i had one he says okay 
when you have time, let's get on a video call and I'll watch you weld and I'll give you some tips. So I'll, like, he literally just sat there on video call watching me practice weld, giving me tips on how to do, what to do, what to change. That's it was amazing. Cool. Yeah. So now I weld. I get criticism all the time because that's not the way a welder does it. Well, I'm not trying to be a welder. I'm trying to weld. It's not the same thing. Right? That's a good point. I don't care what it I looks like. I want these it two pieces of metal to hold. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. I'll make it pretty later. Like right now I, I want to get something done. And, and later I'll work on making it pretty. But for now it's going to get covered. Right? So sure. I don't care as long as it doesn't break. That's, yeah. I'm more functional than pretty for the most part. <laughs> Welding's like, a lot oh, tougher than I thought it would be. Like it With... looks like, oh, you're just like zapping metal together. It's way harder than I thought it would be. I'll give my friend Rob credit because honestly, after two weeks of practicing, I was crying and I was like ready to give up. I said to my husband, I go, I'm never going to be able to learn how to do this. And he says, when have you ever said that? I was like, I'm ready now. And uh, Rob's like, no, do you know you can do this? You can make this happen. And he told me to stick with it. Then it worked. So nice. Yeah, it's still not great, but it, it it gets the job done for now. So hey, it's your house. Whatever yeah. you want. And when my husband fell, it wasn't my fault. <laughs> it wasn't my welding That's fault. True. <laughs> That is also true. I'll be honest, though, when I saw him fall, I actually worried that it might have been the like, oh, shit that that bar right. break. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, I mean, that's, that would be a concern, right? Like, what did I do to, yeah. Yeah. So, um, so that's another challenge, actually, in addition to the water is um, learning how different things are. Like, I just, when I, it's like, we, I want to build a house. So, Okay, go to the hardware store and buy some two by fours. But you might be able to find two by fours. They do sell them, but they're wet. You can't get dried wood here. Well, I mean, you can, but you have to order it way in advance. Oh my god! And it's really expensive Weird. because they'll they'll take it. But they got to put it in a kiln to dry it. But nobody wants it. Nobody wants it that way, right? Like boticos don't use wood like that, so they don't bother spending money on a kiln to dry it like so i mean you gotta to give you a picture of what it's like here we have a fire pit and sometimes we go hunting for firewood where can i buy firewood but in canada you could go anywhere and people would sell you a quarter wood right yeah we found a place by the hardware store in the town down the road that has stacks and stacks and stacks and stacks of wood and we went in there and said, well, how much for the, to get like a truck full of wood? And the guy laughed. I'm like, I can't sell you that wood. He's like, you got a whole building full of it over there. What are you talking about? What do you need that for? Well, so here they have uh, buildings called Beneficios. And those buildings are exclusively for roasting coffee, which is a very large industry here. It's just about the mm. only large industry here. And any wood that's worth burning that, that they have the time to dry has to go to that. Because if the beneficial runs out of wood, 
for their drying kiln, right, for their roasting kilns, then that industry stops. So almost wow. all burnable wood goes there. So, and they don't they don't waste energy drying wood for construction because nobody uses it. Nobody wants it because of the termites. So I could get two by four. Like the, I ordered two by fours once, and they were real two by fours, like not the Home Depot kind that's like three quarter inch by one and a half, right? Like it's, they're real two by fours, and they weighed a ton because they were they were dripping water. I had to hang them oh up for like gosh. two weeks just to dry them out enough to use them. Wow. So, yeah, you don't want to. You can get wood for construction here, um, but it's a it's all kinds of different wood. I still ha don't have it straight what is and is not suitable for buying it. They, right. they even harvest it at certain times of the month so that they get it in the moon phase, right? Because because it sucks water up at a certain stage and seals all the pores to prevent ant bugs from getting in. It's crazy. It's a real science. Sounds like I was going to say it sounds more like voodoo, but I guess science works. I've actually... I have physically seen the difference between wood that was harvested at the right time and wood that wasn't. I can tell you, I don't know why it happens, but it is for real. Right? Like With you phases get, of the moon? Well, I mean, it's not technically the moon, but like, it's about when the tree is sucking water in as opposed to when it's not, right? Like the trees go through mm. there are these little, okay. yeah. right? So you, you want it so that the pores are the tightest otherwise they'll get infiltrated with like microscopic parasites and will eventually i like i have a friend who her wood was harvested at the wrong time and she's got these tiny little pinholes all through it because it got infiltrated with bugs and no matter what you do after you've harvested that that way you can't fix that so it makes it weaker oh. it's really weird good. stuff that like that weird. it's all I've never had to care about stuff like that. Right. <laughs> so all the building is different. I've learned how to build with bamboo now. I'm still still getting good at that. But like, I think you can just cut it down and, and use it. Like you see YouTube videos of those, like the Vietnamese girl that just cuts it down and she's got all this green bamboo and she makes this house with it. Well, I've done that. Yeah. I did it for my goats. And then I learned you can't really do that with green bamboo because when it dries out it shrinks that's true so none of your joints fit the same <laughs> and so like that vietnamese girl lied to me <laughs> i do like watching videos on tiktok of like uh old chinese guys yeah. making this that and the other out of like bamboo anything everything mm -hmm. and it's like the videos they actually they're kind of long longer you'd think they're Maybe mesmerizing 10 minutes do you watch yeah, grandpa like this whole um, I don't know who. Grandpa Empu on YouTube does okay. Japanese joinery. It's hypnotic to watch. He's amazing. The stuff he I'm makes. Check that out. Yeah, you really should. I'm like, I could kill hours watching his videos. It's crazy, but he's really good. Like, like traditional Japanese joinery. And if you have you ever done like, do you do uh, I'm not in construction anymore as like a profession. I, I just do it for um, for myself. Like at okay, home. so you yeah. understand how complex joinery can be. 
right? Like yeah, like they're almost like like the Jap- way Japanese do it. They're almost like wooden puzzles, like the way like yes. they fit together and they're so tight fitting. I'm mm-hmm. just like I don't even have the patience. Yeah, to to Me get either. the saw out of the shed to like make a cut. And yeah, you're just doing it by hand. Yeah. yeah, but I love watching it. I don't have the patience for it. I, I can I appreciate. Don't. I can appreciate the craftsmanship for sure. Yeah, Grandpa Ampu, you gotta check him out. You really yeah. like it. How do you spell that? I don't even know how you spell that. <laughs> I think it's A M P U. Oh, okay. I expected it to be more complicated than that. He's okay. joking. Well, they're that's... never complicated. Well, I mean, they are, but their names usually aren't. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it's one thing with the uh, with the bamboo is one thing. One one of your videos that like blew my mind was when you cut into a like a rather sizable piece of bamboo with a mm-hmm. chainsaw and like yeah. a crapload of water just came gushing yeah. out. I, for some reason, I didn't think that they were full of water. I just figured that Me they were They were like the first port, one we like, ever cut yeah. the bamboo. It is fat. It's like. Our, our bamboo is very old and very big, so big like this, right? Like it's huge. Um, it's builder's bamboo, but um, and it's like thirty feet high. It's very tall. But I, I've cut dozens of trees down, big ones, right? Like fifty foot tree, like oaks, right? Like a, mm-hmm. It's a lot of tree felling, so I'm pretty good at it. I haven't had very much in the way of mishaps cutting trees, so I felt pretty confident that I could tackle this task. That's like a big, it's like a tree, right? It looks like a tree. It's nothing like a tree. So you cut into this bamboo, and yeah, the first thing you notice is that it literally sprays you like a fountain, right? It's like, so now my chainsaw's soaking wet. And, uh, for like five minutes, it's just gushing, gushing, gushing. And I can hear the water just going glum, 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 glum through the bamboo because it's mostly full of it. And I, sure. I don't know what video you saw, but like I, I was showing on Twitter at some point, I show people like the bamboo has these little sections, right? You can see the lines on it as it like yes. little rings up. Each of those little rings is a piece of bamboo material on the inside it turns like to a little disc to create a compartment yeah now lots of times there is a hole there because it doesn't completely form it depends how old the bamboo is right like if it's really thoroughly grown it'll be solid and then each compartment will have its own little store of water it takes forever to dry out sometimes the holes are there and, and it'll just all come out and then you just have to wait for the actual material to dry but it's wicked heavy because it's full of water. And um, also the bamboo, when you go to cut into it, right? Like you, you cut your notch, right? Like your V notch. Yeah. And you go along the back to do this cut down so that it falls this way, right? But bamboo is like these long strands, right? And they're really super strong. So... And the, with the weight and the way that it bends, because it's really bendy too, as soon as you start making that back cut, at some point, it's just going to snap, right? <laughs> and the first time I did... You the first time I chicken. <laughs> no, it's like, what are you doing, lady? The first time I did that, I was 
behind it, right, because of where I needed to hold the chainsaw, and that kickback nearly took my head off, right? Like, the whole piece just snapped and came back a little bit, and it was, like, this close to decapitating me. Yeah. It was a, that was almost a real disaster. So I, I got a local to come, and I paid him a few bucks to come spend the afternoon with me and show me how to properly cut bamboo safely. And that helped. But it was most, I had it mostly right. It's just about, you know, paying attention to where, where you are and just trying to stay mm-hmm. out of the way of it when it falls. But um, yeah, it, it can be really super dangerous. But yeah, the wet part really throws you. Yeah. You're at trees too, actually. I get people comment on my chainsaw videos all the time. Oh, you should be getting chips instead of like all this kind of fine sawdust, right? They're like, oh, you need to sharpen your chainsaw. You should be getting chips. Dude, you have no idea what the trees are like here. They're soaking wet. I mean, really wet. We cut down an avocado tree. It was a huge one. And you cut into that and I got sprayed with water. The same as the bamboo cutting into an avocado tree um you don't get sawdust from that it comes out like this pulp right because it's sawdust mixed with the water from the tree or the wetness from the sap or whatever and it just comes out the chainsaw gets all gummed up with it it's like you can't live in say montana and cut down trees in Montana and think it's even remotely the same here. It's not. I thought it was too, but things are so dry in Montana <laughs> that like our fence posts don't really rot. They but just well, like like they they, they can sit in the dirt for a hundred years, mm-hmm. and you'd still find them just dry as bone. See, by contrast, here my fence posts grow. <laughs> so I cut these trees down. They're we call them Kanya trees, right? Like they're like a, they're, I think they're in the in the yucca family, right? But it's you cut them down and people use them as fence posts because when you put them in the ground, they just start regrowing again. You literally cut a whole tree into like six that pieces. Nice. It's amazing. Uh, I was telling my friend today actually, I have a Rebecca, which is like a. The black eyed Susan kind of shrug. Okay, yeah. I planted it for my goat. I got it from a friend of mine here, and she gave me like four sticks, like sticks like this long, no leaves on it. She just took a, a branch, cut it into four pieces, right? And handed me these sticks. She goes, just put these in the ground. I go, really? Like, does it need a root? It's, it's like, no, I don't grow. I put it in the ground in May. Just these three foot long sticks with no leaves on them. And I go back there now and uh the bush the shrub is twelve feet high. Oh my god. And it's covered in leaves and flowers. Yeah. It's like a huge hedge now from May. Wow. Yeah. So I'm just, I, I I put in some trees in the backyard, mm-hmm. some uh some locust, and they grew probably like three or four feet since May, April, May this year. And that's, that's like good. super rare. That's super rare here. Yeah, I was going like to say. Nothing takes off like that. No, that's pretty good. 
Yeah. Here. It takes nothing. The, the challenge you have, like I said, is water for non-native stuff. For native stuff, the native stuff just eats it up, right? It's like, yeah, yeah. give me more. But uh, the, the challenge for the native stuff is like leaf cutter ants. Oh. They eat everything. And keeping on top, like I have hills several very large hills on the property that I have to routinely repoison just to try to keep them. It doesn't ever get rid of them because I have neighbors that don't take care of their house. So eventually they just go oh. anyway. But like my two of my citrus trees out back are covered in oranges, but no leaves. <laughs> That's so weird. Yeah. It's, it's like for it's, it's I mean, leaf cover ants are cool to look at. They're a very cool beast. They really are a pain in the ass. So, especially like my conservation trees that they just planted. Now I'm back there where the citrus trees are, and there's like eight of them that are completely stripped of leaves now. They're just like, thanks for bringing in the buffet. So, wow. Yeah, it's a challenge. They're very destructive. You could pour some of that molten like aluminum down there and like make like a form of like the nest of leaf cutter ants. I'd be afraid to. I can't even tell you how big. Like I found a couple of weeks ago. I think I put a video on Twitter actually of it. I found it a hill. There was like our our goat field. We don't have goats anymore. Uh, we had them for a little while, but we had uh, like a whole one third of the property fenced off for the goats. But since we got rid of the goats, they just let the the scrub grow there, right? Because we don't we're not using it for anything else. But I went down there. Can't even remember why. And I found a hill there, a gigantic leaf cutter hill. It had to be oh, 100 feet, 100 square feet uh, around. And what? it was humped up like two or three feet in some places. It was huge. And I'm like, oh, no wonder. That's where all the ants are coming from. I was like, I can't figure out where all the ants are coming from. Yeah. So I, I threw some poison in there, but like it. Once it gets that big, you're never getting rid of them all. Sure. Now you're just trying to keep up with them. What happened to and those goats? You never eat the stuff you want. Oh, we ate them. Oh, all right. I mean, I was, was... going to breed goats, but they were a lot more work than I was expecting. Like, I really, really, really wanted goats, but uh, they wouldn't stay in their field. But we spent so much money. And time on fencing, and they still just kept managing sure. to get out. And then they'd always head over two doors down to my neighbor's house. She has this really beautiful perennial garden. Well, I guess they're all perennials here, but like a, a huge <laughs> ornamental garden that she takes a lot of pride in. And her family is quite wealthy. They own the hardware store and the grocery store at the corner, so they're important for the community yeah and uh they're very nice to us but i certainly didn't want to be that neighbor that makes her mad all the time because my goats keep getting out eating your plants so yeah. i finally just said oh I can't, we can't have goats but i still have the time or patience for it so they're always sure. meant to be food eventually anyway so i just filled the freezer with them yeah they said they may no never to get out again and they make delicious carnitas. Oh, I bet. Yeah. Yeah. So now just birds. Nice. I said to my guides, I don't want any animals. 
that big anymore. Just just birds. Got just a ton birds. of those. So. so what's the what would you say the best part about homesteading is? Free food. Is it free? Don't well, feel free. See for me, because of the attitude I've always had, my time and my sweat, I don't even notice that I've lost it. Sure. Right? For and I mean, in our situation, especially because of the way we had to leave. I, I mean, I'm only I'm 50. My husband's 52, and we're retired now, so the budget's very tight. So we deliberately set ourselves up in a place and a way that we were hoping that we could live on what we have for the rest yeah. of our nice, much longer lives. I hope without having to worry about starving. Right. Like it, like I said, I've been homeless before. I've gone days and days without food before. So for me, food security, that's primal, right? Like it, it concerns sure. me a lot, but I'd like, I'll bleed and I'll sweat and I won't even complain. But if, if I have to worry about where I'm going to get my next meal, it stresses me out quite a bit. So having food security is really important. So having a property where like we planned it out so so much it's like if things got really 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 bad and they could we're really actually worried about that a lot sure. like food chain disruptions and other problems and we decided if we had to just hunker down on this property and survive on only what what we can only do here what could we live with right so we've set up a yeah. set things up so that we could still almost enjoy eating. I like, there's lots you could live with, but there's some things that just like old. My first husband was Bulgarian and he grew up in Bulgaria when it was still um, under the USSR. Oh, wow. So under real communism. And he used to tell me stories about they'd make soup and they'd put a little bit of like car oil in it, give it like that oily texture, like beef fat. Yeah. Because I couldn't put meat in it. And like, I never want to live a life where that's how you have to survive. No. No. So for me, food security isn't a big deal. And and the food is it's free, but if all I have to do is work my own hands for it, right? If I don't have to fight right. figure out where to get money to buy it, I'm okay with that. I'll, I'll work till I'm dead. <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd much rather do that than try to scrabble around trying to figure out how to get money for it. So Sure. I feel like I had a follow-up question to that, but I got but so I sucked into this story long. that... No, 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 no. I, I was ramble like, all the and then what happened? Story. And then what happened? And then what happened? Uh, <laughs> no, that, that happens to me all the time. I, uh, I, get, I get sucked in. But, you can always message me later when you remember. Yeah, yeah I'm... I'll probably like figure it out like at, like three in the morning or something like that. I'll be awake. I I guess you will. I guess you will be awake. So, what would you tell people that want to get started homesteading or moving to Costa Rica? Oh my goodness, there's so many things. Okay, the moving to Costa Rica or anywhere actually for that matter is uh, know yourself. Uh, Costa Rica in particular is a country where. 75% of the people that move here leave within two years. 
because 75? 75% of the expats that move here leave within two years. And actually, Holy our smokes. old house in Canada, the person we bought it from, he moved to Costa Rica with his family and then came back <laughs> after a year and a half. But we lived in that house for 10 years, but I, I heard That's that story really after. Yeah, I was totally random, so it's right? So a guy, and then he moves to Costa Rica, and then he moves back to Canada. That's funny. Yeah, but they do that because they come to Costa Rica for vacation. They have a really good time on the beach. It's beautiful. Oh, yeah, I could live here. And they don't understand what it's like to actually live in 42 degrees, 90% humidity for your entire life, and sure. live in a country that is still technically third world. They think they okay. can. That's actually my question. I remember my look... question. If it, if the, if Costa Rica is technically like third world country, and you, yeah, were I believe about it like, still is. Yeah. You're talking about like food security and like scarcity, and so I've, I can't remember where I heard this, but like, for if you're living in a third world country, and there's like, supply chain issues, there's really a low. It's a low, like a small fall to go even lower, yeah. right? Well, but if you're in a first world country like the United States, Canada, you know, plus more central other, control. Yeah. Yeah. So you have a lot further to fall and like people and scrambling and, you know, mm-hmm. trying to figure it out, killing each other to just to survive. You so have, because they're, they're not used to it. No, you have whole cities like, take for example, Toronto. I think it's, is it 2 million people population? It's a lot of people. None of the food they eat grows there. None. So none of it. It's Toronto. It's all concrete. Isn't that like, isn't that like uh, New York City too? Like yeah. just the trash alone to get out of New York City is like a whole endeavor. Like it's a whole logistics it, thing. No, whatever they want to eat has to come from somewhere else. So if... That stops you. Two million people suddenly, and a whole bunch of them don't even have cars. Trying to figure out how they're going to leave a city that's—I mean, it's huge too. How they're going to sure. travel fifty kilometers out to find food, right? Here, the thing is, this country didn't really—it doesn't have a lot of central distribution. It's all local markets, local farms, right? Most of the food that comes here. It's grown here, even like the meat, even the big, like big distribution, like meat, right? It's still mostly grown here, right? Like the imported stuff is very expensive here. Like if I want craft dinner and peanut butter, but peanut butter is $9 for a jar. It is stupid expensive because it's imported. Sure. So, but for local stuff, it's dirt cheap because it's, it's grown probably next door or down the street, right? So it's all, and this whole country grew up that way where you had like a tiny little central location surrounded by some farms and everybody started trading amongst themselves. So their food chain is built that way. Even like the distribution of uh, living here, like they have a huge transit system. So you can take a bus from anywhere in this country to anywhere else in the country. They go everywhere. You don't have to have a car here. It's actually not that hard to just live with the bus. Um, but there's other than San Jose, which is the capital, there's not really any big cities at all. You go down the road and every two kilometers, 
there's a new little town that has a grocery store and it has a little agro store, right? And then two more kilometers, it's another little town, right? And it, the whole country is distributed that way. So you don't really have to go. There's things you have to go far for just because not everywhere supplies everything, right? Sure. Because stock sure. is hard to keep. It's capital expenses, right? And they don't, they don't have a lot of that. It's shoestring budgets here. But you don't technically have to go far for anything, because, especially your food. And I, you could literally walk down the street and there's banana trees that are just randomly growing in the ditch. If you want to have mm. food. And dish bananas. It's true. They're really good with their lost potassium. But I mean, we've gone on hikes where there's mango trees that, that are just shitting mangoes on the ground. You just pick up and fill a backpack full of mangoes and just grow randomly. There's food wow. everywhere here. It's impossible to starve here unless you're just so lazy you can't even get right like it's there's food growing everywhere so that part won't be a problem uh other there are other problems that could come up if there's it's pretty safe here but life uh has always been rougher here so like the people are used to rougher life so there are some rough people here but generally, like where we are is, is reasonably safe. We haven't had any trouble. And if you have the right network, the, the good thing is reputations travel very rapidly here. It, you absolutely have to know people to get things done here. Because they don't have, like if I want to find a business, they don't have a website. They probably don't even have a phone. They might have a phone, but it's like a WhatsApp number. And it's like the owner's brother's WhatsApp number, right? So if I want like bags of wood chips for my turkey shed, I got to ask somebody, oh, I have a, I know a guy who holds a mill in the other town and I'll call him and and let him know you're coming over, right? Like you can't just drive by and there's a sign that says, oh, wood chips there, right? Like the farmer is back in the jungle. If, If you're not paying attention, you'll miss the driveway, right? So you have to know people. You have to make friends. And you have to be not the kind of person that's a jerk, right? Because Ticos don't like jerks. They're really <laughs> friendly. But they're only friendly to people who are good people, generally. So they'll help you if you are if you have the right attitude. And then you get lots of, like, I get tons of things done, right? Mm. But I've seen people struggle, like, no offense, but a lot of Americans have this problem. They come here and they feel like they can just take their life, their North American first world life, and just move it to a cheaper location with cheaper labor and a beach. And they think that they can do that and everything will be fine. But it doesn't happen that here, that way here. You, there's lots of things you can't get, right? Like the food mm. you want, that you're used to. You can't get, I've never seen Chef Boyardee here ever. Right, like you can't get a good steak here. I see complaints about stuff like that all the time, right? Like, yeah, and then those things are they're downsides. But it if you come here and you get a really bad attitude about it, because you're like, well, why can't we have it there? Why don't there's no reason you can't have it here? It's like, well, there's lots of reasons why you don't have it here, but you never bothered to learn what those reasons are. You just think 
that this is a shawl and you come here because you can have a cheap maid. That people, I've seen lots of people with that attitude. Sure. Why they, why 75% only make it less than two years. Yeah. How come you can't get a steak there? What What's the deal there? So the cows they used here are different. I think somebody told me they're called Brahmin cows. I, I don't know okay. anything about familiar. cows. They're not like Angus cows. Like North America, like Alberta and Canada has a huge beef industry, right? So sure. Like those kinds of cows, they don't have them here. I don't know if it's just because they don't or if maybe because of the climate, they're not suited for it and they don't thrive here. I, I'm not sure why mm. they don't really use those kinds of cows here. So the cows, Weird. to start with, are different. Also, they don't age their meat ever. Like If you buy beef, it was probably killed yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, bad. I started trying to age it myself in the fridge a little just because you need to. It's still dripping with blood right like it's so tough okay and sure. the way they butcher it is like i still can't even figure out what the cuts are you go into the store and i can <laughs> tell that it's beef because of the color but it's like what part of the animal is that right like i'm reasonably familiar with with the north american butchering cuts right like, yeah i've never seen a t-bone steak here never seen that <laughs> like, no where did it go they just cut it different, right? Like, it, yeah. For me, I'm really it surprised me at all of you know that T-shaped bone, whatever it is. They take the meat this way, just cut around the bone, throw that bone away. We don't need that. It. Makes sense, actually. <laughs> Stuff like that, right? Like they butcher completely different. If you go and ask them for a brisket, they don't know what that is. Like I've got <laughs> to the butcher, they have no idea what a brisket is. They'll have a picture on the on the wall of the cow with. They have the picture, right? Like that's the thing that blows my mind is they have the picture. It's got all the cuts that I'm familiar with, but they don't cut it that way. It's like, well, why not? I, you got the Just looks good, I guess. And I have the tri-tip or whatever. Like, no, we don't have that. Well, you probably have it, but you've chopped it up into stew meat over there. I don't know. So, that's funny. Yeah. All the all the meats are sure differently. Even the chickens. So mm. here's the weird thing. You're going to be a laugh. You went to the store where you are, and you'll get like chicken breast. And even the when they sell the breasts, they still have the bone in. You know, sure. like skin on bone in chicken breasts, and you can use for kind of fancier dishes, right? Or you can buy a whole chicken. That's pretty common. Here, I cannot. You can buy skinless, boneless chicken breast, but it'll be a butterfly, so the two breasts still attached. Okay, yep. that's not so weird. But most of the time, you can't buy a whole chicken. What you could buy is the torso. So it's got the legs and the wings cut off. And it's just like this the torso with like a big hole in the middle. where Including that... the rib cage. It's a torso. This is a chicken torso. They sell it that way. And it's really cool. Like the thing, the print is full of them. Why and not? The thing is... I can't figure out how they cook it because they buy, buy this freaking thing yeah. and I'll season it. And I put it like in the roasting dish, but it kind of falls over because it doesn't have the legs on it to keep it stable. Right? Like when you put a whole chicken uh, yeah. in, it kind of just sits there, right? This it almost thing has just... like 
spatchcock it, but like half of it, I guess. I mean, I could spatchcock it. I, I mean, I do that to my own chickens just to store them and everything. I could, but yeah. it just blows my mind that they sell it that way. I was like, why? It's like, why would you? I don't know. I haven't figured it out. Seems easy. Just cut off, cut it off at the neck, cut it off at the waist or whatever, and. I mean, this sounds like a complaint. It's not. It's not really a complaint. It's just sometimes yeah, it makes me laugh. It's an it, yeah. Right, like because you think to yourself, I just can't understand why they do it that way. Uh, I mean, maybe there's a good reason. I just like I've asked some of my friends stuff like that, and they're like, "What do you mean?" That's just how they sell it. They don't even think about it. It's probably because they've never seen it the other way. No, I yeah. don't know. Maybe they think it's weird. We do it the way we do it. Probably true. But yeah, stuff like that. I, I get a lot of amusement. It's it's cool. Like I like learning new things. So it's really interesting yeah. that something that's so ordinary, right? Like then you just take for granted is the same everywhere. It really just isn't. Yeah. So that part's fun. I like it. All the time. It like sounds like an adventure, just like a real just journey every day. It really is. I have like the guys in the neighborhood here, they laugh at me all the time. That I mean, they're they're amazing. I love I love my peeps here, um, but they laugh at me all the time because I ask the weirdest questions. <laughs> but I take so much joy in it. I'm like, I really want to know. But they're like, Why do you yeah. not know that? I said, Just because it's different from what I'm I'm used to. I'm just curious. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like some really cool things. It's funny. And then you meet other cool people too. That mm-hmm. way. <clears throat> yeah just asking questions so mm-hmm. well yeah was there anything else that you uh wanted to wanted to mention or anything no i mean i could talk for hours but that's just normal <laughs> for everything you look like you're gonna fall asleep over there though don't say that you must have been working hard today it it was uh it was a lot in the sun yep but but yeah can you tell people where uh they can find you I am on Twitter. I am at Handy Ginger Gal on Twitter. I am at Handy Ginger Gal on YouTube as well, where I have uh, videos of some of my adventures and building projects there. Um, pre and post Costa Rica, not post Costa Rica, current Costa Rica, I guess. <laughs> so um, that's about it. I, yeah, that's about it. Awesome. Getting more more chainsaw shenanigans coming soon, probably. And yeah, actually, in three weeks, if um, our planning goes well, I'll be building a uh, starting a, a bunky project. Actually, a what? like a bunky guest house. Oh, okay. That's what I thought you meant, but I wasn't sure if that's what I, if I heard you right. Yeah, we we have <laughs> people coming in January to visit, and I don't have anywhere for them to sleep, so. Uh, we're going to do a blitz project of like a properly built bunky. So I'll be videotaping that and sharing a lot of that. I got to get it done before January. A bunky. It sounds Australian to me. I don't know why. You guys don't call it bunkies in America? Like a bunk house, I guess. Yeah. But that's more like a more more like guest house. Well, like when a... I say Bucky, it's like literally just an A-frame building with a bed in it. Like there's no, another, we'll have like a little. I don't, I don't know what you'd call that then. A cabin. <laughs> I don't know. 
No, this will be smaller than a cabin. Like a cabin will have a kitchenette in it, right? And like an indoor, indoor bath. <laughs> this won't have that. It's just a, like literally a bedroom and a little bathroom closet outside. That's it. So just a little, nice. you know, a little bunkhouse just for sleeping in. So yeah, that's all I need. My mother-in-law, she, she won't use the present toilet. So I got to give her something a little more glamorous. <laughs> <laughs> She's a lovely Just... lady, but she needs an indoor toilet. Well, good luck with that. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, unfortunately, like, I'm awesome. going to need it. There's always a mishap and an injury or two, but we'll see. Let's hope not. But, Ginger, I learned. really appreciate your time tonight, and uh, thanks again for, for being with me. Thanks for inviting yeah, yes, I'm we'll sleep. talk to you later. Bye. You too. Bye. I am Matt DeRosier of Farm Hop Life. Thanks for watching. Don't forget to subscribe and visit farmhoplife.com. Inside of the city, the people are crazy. Out of their minds, they ain't got a clue. We gone away, headed west for Montana. Left family and friends, all I got now is you. We both got new jobs, a house and a homestead, thinking this was the life, all that there'd be. After our firstborn, you had to stay home. That's when the work got in the way for me. Well, I started farm hop life. You'll come to your farm to help and to me and the family, a trunk and an RV, send us a message and